War never changes. When atomic fire consumed the earth, those who survived did so in great underground vaults. When they opened, their inhabitants set out across the ruins of the old world to build new societies, establishing villages, forming tribes. As decades passed, what had been the American Southwest united beneath the flag of the new California Republic, dedicated to old world values of democracy and the rule of law. As the Republic grew, so did its needs. Scouts spread east, seeking territory and wealth in the dry and merciless expanse of the Mojave Desert. They returned with tales of a city untouched by the warheads that had scorched the rest of the world and a great wall spanning the Colorado River. The NCR mobilized its army and sent it east to occupy Hoover Dam and restore it to working condition. But across the Colorado, another society had arisen under a different flag. A vast army of slaves forged from the conquest of 86 tribes, Caesar's Legion. Four years have passed since the Republic held the dam, just barely, against the Legion's onslaught. The Legion did not retreat. Across the river, it gathers strength. Campfires burn, training drums beat. Through it all, the New Vegas Strip has stayed open for business, under the control of its mysterious overseer, Mr. House, and his army of rehabilitated tribals and police robots. You are a courier, hired by the Mojave Express to deliver a package to the New Vegas Strip. What seemed like a simple delivery job has taken a turn for the worse. You got what you were after, so pay up. You're crying in the rain, Pally. <laughs> Guess who's waking up over here? Time to cash out. Will you get it over with? Maybe cons kill people without looking them in the face. But I ain't a fink, dig? You've made your last delivery, kid. Sorry you got twisted up in this scene. From where you're kneeling must seem like an 18-carat run of bad luck. Truth is, the game was rigged from the start. And welcome back. You are listening to Two People in a Broadcast with your hosts, Zach and Cade. Hi. <laughs> on KXRJ 91.9, The Voice of Tech. Um, is there any feedback? I don't think so. I think it's just because we're hearing it out here. Okay. Uh, okay. Remember, you can listen to this in any previous episode on every po podcast streaming service. Um, we are on Instagram at and the podcast. And if you want us to cover any topics, then be sure to let us know. So, Kate, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Today, Kate and I are discussing the gameplay, developmental history, lore, factions, politics, ideologies, and ending of the 2009 video game, Fallout New Vegas. That came out in 2009? Or, wait, my bad, 2010. I don't know why I have that in the script. Having that be, like, 
that's still a long time. That's literally a decade ago. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, that's that's why I uh, wanted to cover this because ten years ago it came out, yeah. uh, October nineteenth. Anyway, um, this is a lot of information we have to talk about, so we'll get into it. So this is my favorite video game of all time, as some people know. So please play it. Um, as for our sources, we are using Wikipedia. Please, please play it. Please. As for our sources, we are using Wikipedia and the Fallout Wiki. Oh, somebody, or I guess Chloe says it's way worse. Way worse? Yeah. Okay. Turn microphone one back on. Alright. Here, just, just turn both of them down. Okay. Okay. How about now? How is it now, guys? Our audience, our, guys. our audience of multiple million, people, million fans, dude, million, a thousand fans. million people. Yeah, the most fans. Okay, um, sounds good now. Okay, great. great. I solved it, not you. Okay. I did it. Uh-huh. You, you did. did no credit. I did no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're uh we're gonna get into it. Okay, so <clears throat> we're gonna be talking about why we like Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. or why I like it, because Kate didn't play it. I did play it. You played some of it. I, it's just. Yeah, it's a really big game, so it's hard to get through. Well, I played it like three times. Cool. What does it say about me? Uh, <laughs> well, that you like playing it and that you have had enough time to do so. Oh, good point. Okay, one can try to sum up why Fallout New Vegas is the best video game of all time, but it'd be quite extensive. Is it because it has one of the deepest and most philosophical stories in any form of media? Perhaps. Or maybe it's the fully fleshed out characters. Regardless of what you commend. Perhaps. Oh, perhaps. Mayhaps. Fallout New Vegas remains an amazing game. Kate and I are going to do a quick overview of why we think this game is so good. I have a list of points we could talk about. So, uh, the first point is the deep story. I would like to actually know because yeah. I don't know much about it. I do know some about like the Fallout universe, but I don't know why people regard <laughs> Fallout New Vegas. New Vegas. <laughs> New Vegas. <laughs> Fallout New Vegas. I don't know why people regard it as such a good game. It's like one of the best RPGs of and let me tell you why. There are several points why. So the first is a deep story. <laughs> so um, Fallout New Vegas, okay, unlike Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas picks up basically from Fallout 2, which I know doesn't mean much, but it continues a bunch of the same storyline, even though Fallout 2 takes place like 80 years or I don't know. Um, anyway, and the game has a lot of philosophical themes. It's mainly about two different like, this happens in the background, but it's mainly about two different factions going to war. Two different militaries. Stop doing that. <laughs> um, and it's like, whenever you start the game, it's not like the world revolves around you. It's more like whenever you enter the game, there's been all this stuff that's been happening in the background, but you are like, you just are thrust into it, you know? World building. World building. You know, like in Fallout 3, whenever you just like, exit the vault and everyone's like, hey, do this for us. You're the reason why we do all this stuff or something, you know? Yeah. Fallout New Vegas is just like, no, you just start in the middle of this, and you're not important. You're just somebody who helps. Another thing is the uh, interesting characters. So most of the characters are fully fleshed out, including the minor characters, which is something you see often in a video game. So for instance, like um, there's this one character named uh, Chris. Chris? Um, yeah, there's this, there's this one character named Chris, and he's a scientist, and he's helping these ghouls, like, fly a rocket into the moon because they believe they have like a weird religion and they want to go to the moon or something so but the thing is they plan to betray him because he is a he's actually a human but the thing is he thinks he's a ghoul 
and you can't convince him that he's a human, even though it's like so like. Why does he think he's a ghoul? I'm not sure, but it's like, it's weird. But he, he thinks he's a ghoul, and at the at the end of the mission, you can actually convince him that he is a human. Like you can make him realize it, but for your average player, he's gonna think he's cool. And yeah, and that's just a minor character, and they add so much like depth to him. Okay, the gameplay. So. They have this really cool concept in the game called the reputation system, which is like there are multiple factions throughout the game, right? And I did notice that like when a gray would kill like bad guys, it would yeah. be like, oh, they hate you now. Yeah. So there are so instead of there just being like there are raiders and stuff, but there are like the powder gangers who are a That's band cool. of raiders, raiders, but they're like they mainly focus on explosives, right? So you could help them and you could gain good reputation with them, or you can. Uh, hurt them and gain bad reputation, but it doesn't like it doesn't end just there. It's more like, uh, can you turn it up some on both sides? It's a little bit. Um, okay, turn it down. <laughs> okay. Um, so like you could you could do really good stuff for the powder gingers, right? But then you could also start killing them, and it won't just say you're bad. It'll be like you are a soft-hearted devil, which means that you occasionally do bad stuff to them, but most of the time you're a pretty good guy. And that's a pretty cool system. Also, they add they have interesting perks that change up the gameplay, and they have cool mods, um, like like not mods, like, like weapon mods, um, and that's just some of the features. Okay, in the world, I think this is one of the best things about the game because the world take it takes place in Las Vegas, well, a post-apocalyptic Las Vegas, and it takes place like 200 years after the Great War. Um, Okay, anyway, so all of these elements come to create come together to create a fun, deep, and cohesive. Um, as well as the game turned out though, the development was filled with overtime and stress. So you know you played Fallout 3, right? Yeah. Okay, well Fallout 3 came out in 2008. And then you know that Skyrim came out in 2011, right? Yes. They were both developed by uh, Bethesda, but but as it were, um Bethesda needed to I guess, release something in between those two games, you know, to keep up their revenue and stuff. Right. So they went to Obsidian. They're like, hey, can you make a Fallout game for us? Because we're busy working on Skyrim so we can release it. Obsidian's also behind the Outer Worlds. They are, yes. Um, one thing to note is that Obsidian Entertainment had several members of the original Fallout and Fallout 2 development team, which means that they know what they're dealing with, you know? They know the they know the IP. Um <clears throat> So, uh, they originally wanted to set the game between Fallout 2 and 3, so before Fallout 3, which is Bethesda's game. They kind of did, didn't they? No, they set it four years after Fallout 3 because Bethesda was like, no, we don't want you to do that. Oh, I thought you said four years. I thought you said like a year after Fallout 2. No, I said, um, I, I said something like... You Fallout, said it was right after Fallout 2 as opposed to no, Fallout I said 3, Fallout, which was 80 years later. Fallout 2 was like 80 years before Fallout 3. Gotcha. Anyway. So they wanted to set the game between Fallout 2 and Fallout 3, but Bethesda was like, no. So they ended up agreeing to set the game four years after the events of Fallout 4. And in four? the South... Fallout 3, my bad. I, uh, and in the Southwest. Um, it's, and something about the location is that it's pretty appropriate since the original Fallout games take place in that area, like California, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada. Where did Arizona. 3 take place? 3 took place in the Capital Wasteland, so Washington, D.C. 
which I am not a big fan of, honestly. And then Fallout 4 continues that because it takes place in um, Pennsylvania. I do not right? Did you ever see the building, the, the White House? Oh, yeah, you can go. Is it still white in the house? Wait, and that's the White House. I don't think. I was talking about the Lincoln buildings? Memorial oh. and the uh, the obelisk thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you talking about the, I forgot what it's called, but it's that big pencil. <laughs> the big giant pencil. Yeah. That reminds me of like an episode from something. Was it uh, Harry, Harry Oddparents? It could be, but I'm thinking of Doodle Bob. Yeah, that's it. So, development of Fallout New Vegas was relatively short to, compared to other big games. So, the developmental time was only 18 months, which, I mean, may seem like a long time, but that's actually a really short time to make a game. Especially for game development, because there's games like Breath of the Wild, I think, was going on, like, maybe six years. Yeah, I mean, uh, but Fallout 3 itself took, like, four years to make, so... But I they mean, probably already had a game engine for, yeah. for it, too. They were using um, um they were using Bethesda's game engine, which I mean, it's really aged and stuff. But for the time. For the time, it was okay. But, um, yeah. One reason though that Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas look the same is because they share a lot of the same game assets or assets. So like you know you see stuff in Fallout New Vegas and Fallout Three that are basically the same model. Um, but regardless of that short. Time span, Obsidian was really ambitious and probably too ambitious for their own good, um, as you'll see soon. So, as for what they did differently from Fallout 3, they made improvements to the engine. So, they made it to where, for because they, in order to capture New Vegas's like essence, because it was a bright, big, bright city, they had to improve the lighting. They had to improve the, they added more colors to the engine, like they allowed it to have more colors. They added iron sights to the weapons. So, in Fallout 3, before you can only zoom in, but this time it actually like had iron. What's iron sight? You know, like, um, you know, whenever you have like a gun, like a rifle, right, and you like, like, aim, right? Okay. You, you like see through the iron sight. Is it? Are you talking about the little zooming thing? Yeah, it, it's where you. It's the where, scope. Yeah, based not the not every weapon has a scope, but like the. It's the, a little bump. Yeah. Yeah. Before in Fallout Three, it was really bad because you could only like you'd have a gun, right, and then you could only zoom in slightly. Oh, so it wouldn't actually have any scopes or anything? Kind of yeah. like Halo? Because I remember yeah. after Halo, like, mm, 2, like, 3 and beyond, like, didn't really have any scoped weapons except for the sniper rifle. Yeah, it, it's basically that. And had improvements to combat. Um, and at the time, it had over, like, 200,000 lines of recorded dialogue, which was the most for a video game at the time. So it actually won an award for that. And... What is the next game to have received that award? I at least like gotten that achievement. I know Fallout Four got that. I'm pretty sure. Anything after that? I don't know. Well, that's cool anyway. I yeah, not... it's a real achievement. I never really thought of that being a thing. Well, that's just a testament to how like cohesive or to how big and deep the story is. <laughs> big and deep. Um. <laughs> um. I hate myself. <laughs> no, it's fine. Just keep going. <clears throat> Okay, so one thing, and you know, another improvement was the reputation system. So to recap, they had 18 months to develop a major game despite having no experience with the game engine they were using, and they were being really ambitious. They didn't just have to make a game; they had to make a great game. So as per their uh, as per their agreement with Bethesda, City was paid a was paid a flat sum to develop the game. Right? Really? That's it? Like a flat sum? Okay. So how much was it? 
I don't know how much it was, but it's basically like it's it's not like we're gonna pay you per hour. It's just more it's gonna That's be like bad. it's more like we're gonna pay you two million dollars to make a game. You'll have to like cover all the expenses and stuff, and then whatever you don't spend is what you get, right? That sucks though, because <laughs> they should make it depending on the effort they put it into the game. So like maybe like a percentage of sales would go to them, you know? That's kind of funny because I was about to say, if they were able to score a uh, eighty five or over on Metacritic, they would get like a percentage of each game. But hold on, hold on. So okay, so if they were able to get an overall score of eighty five or higher on Metacritic, they would get a percentage of each game sold, which they were really needing because they were going through hard financial times, you know. So. The game released on October 19th, 2010, and went over to sell over 5 million copies in less than a month, right? Yeah. The game earned a lot of praise and is even considered one of the best RPGs of all time. But because Obsidian had a really short development time and they were really ambitious, the game had a lot of bugs. And since they, like, even though the bugs were patched afterwards, the reviewers, like, review the game that was made at launch. And because of that, you got a score of 84 on Metacritic. Come on! <laughs> They couldn't have just cut them some slack. I mean, yeah. they basically made a game for free for uh, Bethesda, and Bethesda's not going to give them just a certain amount, like a, at least a tiny percentage. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's really bad. Um, we're going to take a break now. Of We'll be back slightly. Okay, are we back? We are back. <laughs> we're back from the dead. Yeah, okay, we're here now. Okay. So now we're going to talk about... The story of the courier. Cur- I don't know how to say it. Courier? Courier? Yeah, yeah, just say that. It's good. Okay, I don't want to sound dumb. You're I mean, I already do. Okay, so the story begins before the game starts. So, four years before the game took place, there's this thing called the Battle of Hoover Dam, Whoa. which is where the New California Republic and the sea- and Kaiser, you have to say Kaiser, Caesar's Legion, Caesar, Kaiser's Legion, yes. um, were battling for domination over the Hoover Dam because it would give them. Amazing. <laughs> you won't take because, our dam? We because it would give them uh it give them access to water and electricity, right? By so, the way, I'm doing a prairie home companion <laughs> thing where you're kind of narrating and I'm giving little sound effects with my voice. Okay, that's awesome. Um so obviously, as everyone should know, the NCR <gasps> fought that or they, they beat the Legion and the Legion retreated back to where they were before. We're retreating to back where we were before. <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts off with courier. Several couriers were hired. For we're some hired. reason, the the there's this thing called the Mojave Express, and it's basically like the USPS. Choo choo. Because you have to deliver packages, and I think that's called like their own the delivering system. But anyway, so several couriers were tasked with shipping packages out, or I guess delivering packages. Ship this package out, okay. <laughs> and you're you are, or not you, but the main character is courier six, and he has to deliver something called the platinum ship. Which... I'm gonna deliver this. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he said. Um, but anyway, somebody intercepted you. Called his name was Benny, and he was played by uh, Chandler from Friends. That's that's the same voice actor. Didn't they all go to jail at the end? No, that that's a uh, Seinfeld. Oh, same show, right? Yeah, <laughs> I offended so many people saying that. Um, um, and yeah, so you get kidnapped because you have the chip, and you're supposed to be delivering it, and you get shot in the head twice. <laughs> they don't. They yeah. So you awake, or the main character awakes, and courier awakes. <gasps> the year is 2281. <laughs> four years after the Great War. <laughs> four years? Four. Yeah. No, no. I'm. You so mean 200? 204 <laughs> years. Four years, dude. 204 years after the Great War. 
I meant four years after Fallout 3, gotcha. and 204 years after the Great War. Okay. The game takes place around Las Vegas, so, but like in the, in the territory of the states of California, Arizona, and Nevada, and even Colorado. Whoa. Yeah. I'm a giraffe. Um, so after being shot in the head twice, the carrier is dug up by a cowboy robot. Uh, howdy, partner. I'm a robot and also a cowboy. You had you had it that first part when you said howdy, partner, because that's his opening line for everything. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he's like, uh, uh, I don't remember where I was before I got here. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that he was sent by Mr. House. Okay, anyway, so the carrier is nursed back to health by Doc Brown. Is that his name? No, Doc Bryant? I don't know. I don't remember. I knew it was like the Doc or whatever. Doc. Okay, we're talking to Phil. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, you know, you go, you wake up in good strings. <gasps> okay, that was on purpose. You go to the saloon and are like, hey, the man who killed you, he went to Prim. Oh, I'm gonna go there now. So you go to Prim and it's like a, it's like an off-brand Las Vegas. It's a, it's an off-brand New Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, and the city's been captured by a bunch of raiders or something. Bro, we're so you save the city. People. And they tell you that, hey, the Vinny's at Nipton. So you go to Nipton, and Nipton is like, Nipton has been destroyed by the Legion. Everyone, everyone's dead there, dude. It's horrible. Don't go there. You may die if you go there. That's a bunch of zombies and dead. There's no zombies there. They're all dead. Okay, everyone, well, everyone was crucified. It's a sa- ooh, it's a sound of death. Were they crucified and burned? They were crucified and burned. Okay, no, so no. Okay, wait. I want to say what the Legion did there was they went to the city. They killed like every. Well, they didn't kill everyone, but what they did was like, hey, we're gonna have a lottery, right? And depending on what you score, or whatever, well, this is what we're gonna do to you. So if you did like really bad, you get crucified, and you're you're supposed to die. If you if you did slightly better on the lottery, you would um, or if you drew slightly better on the lottery, you would be burned to death. If you did even better than that, you'd be taken as a slave. Ooh. And then I think if you did that, you just killed normally. Like, but if you did, there was one winner, and he won the lottery to stay alive. So they're just like, "Hey, dude, you can go." I'm alive. <laughs> and anyway, you're like, "Okay, I guess I gotta go to Novak." So you go to Novak. Um, and they're like, "Oh, hey, he's in Boulder City." So you go to Boulder City. After, and there are a bunch of great cons there, and they're like, "Hey, Vinny betrayed us, bro." He betrayed us. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. And in their holdup, they're surrounded by the NCR, and their holdup in this tiny <gasps> building. Oh no! no. It's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a situation. It's kind of like a hostage situation where they have to like talk to the guy who's like, "I will give you a jet if you uh, don't kill anyone." Deal. Um. So you, either you can kill the cons, you can help the NCR, Ooh. or you or you can convince the NCR to let the cons go. So many choices. I dude, that's what the gameplay's about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deep. Deep. That's deep why. in my soul. So they just gave the game a bunch of choices, and that's why it's good. No, that's not why. It's good. Um, <laughs> so they're like, I okay, mean, I'm not gonna argue with that. That would be cool. I love a bunch of choices. It does have a bunch of choices. Anyway, they're like, okay, bro. You know what? The dude who did that is Benny, and he Benny's a bad man. He's a bad man, and he went to New Vegas. So what you do is, um, well, first of all, New Vegas is the post-war remnant. Las Vegas. Yeah. That's why it has a name new in it. Because yeah. it's new. It's yeah. improved. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened to New Vegas was that like whenever or it was Las Vegas at the time, and whenever the bombs were falling, Mr. House, the guy who owns New Vegas kinda or Las Vegas, he like had like a How is he still alive? Uh he like uploaded his consciousness to a computer. Oh, that's cool. But anyway, he he he's so smart, bro. He's a big brain. Yeah. And he knows that he knows that a war's coming, so he's like, I'm gonna install security systems. 
in Las Vegas. So whenever the bomb, there was like 80 bombs dropping on New Vegas, he had freaking, uh, he had freaking like rocket launchers like shoot up the bombs, like aim at him and just destroy the bombs up in the air. That's cool. Them. Yeah, but there were like so New Vegas is like so much better than everywhere else. Because it they is, never got but exploded. there were there were a few bombs that dropped. There were a few bombs that he missed. But anyway, so it, but it's mainly intact, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like still what it was before. It's I mean it's still bad, you know. Cause but it's, it's better awesome. than everything else. Yeah. Um. So is it futuristic? Is it like the that one big city with all the kind of androids in Fallout Four? No, that's the institute. That's completely different. I honestly don't like Fallout Four. I've kind of grown I'll, to dislike it. I have only played the first part of it. I have not gotten it. Okay, I won't tell anything. You can. I'm not gonna finish it. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, continuing on. Um, that is where historians for now, but we will pick up. So we're going to discuss the factions. As I discussed earlier, the reputation allows Fallout New Vegas to include many factions that you can either have a positive or negative reputation. While there are like 25 billion factions in the game, there are a few minor and major ones, which we will be discussing. Okay, so first, we're going to talk about the minor ones. We have the Boomers. <laughs> the Brotherhood is still mm-hmm. the Strip, mm-hmm. the Followers of the Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and the Great Cons. Okay, let's start with the Boomers. And no, <laughs> they're not Boomers. From... <laughs> they're not named after old people. Okay, I had to include that in the script. Um, so Boomers got their names because they are an isolationist society that attacks anyone. Because they're a bunch of fat zombies that spew acid everywhere. Incorrect. They are actually a bunch of people who is who left a vault, and the vault they were in was like. Hey, wouldn't it be a great idea if we gave everyone like explosives and guns and stuff? And you know what? That did turn out to be a great idea because they were like, we should, we, we could, we could do good stuff with this. And that's exactly what they did. So they left the vault. They, they uh, situated themselves on a, a military base and they lived there. And they attack anyone who comes nearby. Any, no matter who they are, they just attack them. So, and they, like they want to isolate themselves, which I guess like you know more power to you. But one thing that happened is that the NCR tried to cut off their water supply, but they turned it back on because they kept bombarding the NCR with bombs. I mean, that's an effective way to deal with their problem. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, what Zach is saying is that we need to target everything that we don't like with weapons. Yeah, and man, anything fight the that, government. And anything that messes with us, just bomb it. <laughs> Next on the list are the Brotherhood of Steel. So, as like in the previous Fallout games, the Brotherhood of Steel is like one of the biggest forces in in any follow game you know they're always mostly they're good guys but you know they can't have a grayish area but in this game however the brotherhood is still is weakened and underpowered and they kind of suck and you know and they play a small role they aren't they don't have a big role um so they're so weak because they basically fell under bad leadership because they're their elder who is an elder is the person who like who makes they're they're basically like the leader he was fixated on this gets into a lot of DLC territory, but he was basically fixi- fixated on this base, which could call down like satellite attacks or something. And he he wanted to get it to work and stuff. And he was like, whenever the NCR was taking over, he was like, no, stay in your ground instead of like you know like shooting and stuff. So and that caused a lot of them to die and get weakened and stuff. So you know the, he left and stuff, but they're weak now and they kind of isolate themselves like the boomers, um, and they kind of. They have their original goal of preserving technology. So they're not like Fallout 3, where Fallout 3, they're like, hey, let's help everyone. They're just like, they're kind of weak and stuff, you know. So, but you could help them or whatever. Then we're going to talk about the, or we are talking about, we're going to talk about the three families in New Vegas. Okay, so 
in New Vegas, Mr. House, after he reawakened, he was like, hey, guys, the, these three tribes right here, would you like to help me? Like, would you like to protect? Well, I'm gonna, I'm rebuilding New Vegas. Would you like to, like, have your own casinos and protect it with me and stuff? And so he, he recruited three people. The chairman, the Omeritas, <laughs> and the White Glove Society. So the, the chairmen are all dressed up like, they all have, like, checkered suits and are like, ring-a-ding-ding, baby. They're, they're that kind of people. I don't know how to describe it. The Neo- they're like the 40s people. Yeah, the Neomertas, they're like, they're more like the 60s gangster, you know, with the fedora. Or oh, not fedora, but the... The, the pompadours? Yeah, the pompadours. And the in the biker jackets, the leather jackets. Yeah, and the jackets. Tommy guns. Yeah. No, not, the, not the, the... The more like the... Yeah, I guess you could say that. Are you talking about the mafia? The mafia. Yeah, they're more like the mafia. Italian mafia. Uh, <laughs> and then there are the ultralux or the the white love society and they're like super like all like think of bioshock you know mm-hmm. they're like the bioshock people but oh. they're not crazy yeah i mean well actually they use not their, crazy in the way that the bioshock people are yeah but the, the thing you learn later on is that they're actually cannibals and they they used to be cannibals and they still secretly serve cannibal meals Mm-hmm. without them knowing it so they're like so they don't eat cannibal stuff anymore they, they do eat people oh, okay yeah do they uh, eat good people they're not allowed to no they just eat anyone cannibal oh so those well, are... Hannibal was more based on like politeness so if you were a rude man then he would eat you maybe we could do an episode about that yeah like he one time uh actually never mind. Hannibal did that thing where he did that thing and then that's it yeah Clarice then the thing happened, and he's like, Clarice, and Can you do that? Can you do that? What, what do you mean? The, you know the, where he's like, Clarice, and he's like... What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that thing. I don't know what you... I, I don't know what In you're talking about. In the original Silence of the Lambs. He, he never does that. He does. What? He's like, would you like me to serve your something with some five of beans? I don't know. Okay, whatever. And so those are the three families. Next, we're going to be talking about the followers of the apocalypse. Select the Brotherhood of Steel. The, follower, the followers have existed throughout multiple follow games, right? And they're basically the Red Cross of the Fallout universe. So they started in Fallout 1 in, the, in this place called the Boneyard. They actually grew and stuff, and they opened the first university in the Fallout universe. Then they expanded. Then, um, fun fact, the guy who fa- founded C- Kaiser's Legion, Edward Sallow. Yeah, I know your head. <laughs> no, I'm still listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> He he came from the followers of the apocalypse, but he kind of left. They had a partnership with the NCR, yeah. But because NCR was like, we're a democracy and we hate, we want to expand. We hate. That's a horrible <laughs> way to begin a sentence. Um, <laughs> we hate. We hate. We hate people. Uh, and we hate personal freedom. We're going to uh, we're gonna you know do our own thing. So they made yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so the NCR and the followers split. They were originally helping each other. But now, basically, what the what the followers of the apocalypse are based on is that they want to help people. So they want to they want to teach people how to survive in the wasteland and how to rebuild themselves and stuff. They're they're really nice and they're definitely one of the morally best groups. Um, and then the last minor faction you're going to talk about is the Great Cons. So, uh, the Great Cons help Benny reach the courier, uh, and they're a tribe basically. So, but the difference between them and other tribes is that they're organized like organized raiders um but that's and they're drug, drug traffickers and they base their um culture around genghis khan that's why they're called the cons that's cons. cool yeah 
So at one point, Genghis Khan was like, he's a horrible person. Yeah, they, so I don't like the I don't like the uh, the kind of metaphor here, but it's I'll, I'll tell you what happens. So they were they kind of made their money like like uh like not scamming people, but like stealing stuff, right? That's how they made their living. Okay. And then the NCR came into the region, the the into New Vegas, and they're like they killed they massacred a bunch of great cons. Like they killed even the kids. Of it's horrible. It's called the British Wings Massacre. <laughs> um, and they killed women and children. And then the NCR was like, hey, you know, we're going to allow you to live at a reservation, and you can only do these one things. And the reason I don't like the metaphor is because it compares them a lot to American Indians. Um, yeah, but it's it's kind of similar, except – but a lot of them have trauma from Bitter Springs, you know, the massacre. And they hate the NCR so much that they decided to team up with the Legion. But the Legion's like, hey, you know, if you help us at the next battle of Hoover Dam, we're going to, you know, we're going to make you powerful or something. But in actuality, the Legion actually wants to take over the uh, cons because that's what they do with most most tribes. As for the major factions, we're going to be discussing Robert House, New California Republic, and Kaisar's Legion. So uh, before we talk about that though we need to continue the course okay so essentially after reaching new vegas and finding benny at the tops he will invite you to a suite he said it is to talk about what happened you know you know how guys do talk about their feelings and stuff but he actually wants the he actually sends his men to kill you so after escaping that you will you will meet a robot called yes Man, and he will agree to anything you do like he'll just be like hey like like you want to be like i want to rob this he's like okay and then he rob it that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it goes with his name, Yes Man. Um, yeah, so after leaving the casino, you'll meet with Robert House, you'll meet with the NCR, and you'll meet with the Legion, and it kind of guides you in the direction of where you want to go in the story. So we're going to be talking about Robert House. Robert House is the owner of New Vegas. So he is the guy who's, like, in charge of everything. I think I think his story is really cool because he's, he's, like, a super smart guy, and he's based off of... Um, I forgot what his name is. Howard Hughes. He's based off of Howard Hughes. He's like very similar to him. And basically what he did, he was since he was so smart, was his family owned H and H Tools, which is a tool making place in the Fallout universe. He was super smart and used his parents' inheritance money or whatever to found Robco. You remember like whenever you go on any computer in, in the Fallout game, ever Fallout game, you know, where you go on any computer? Yeah. And it says Robco. He's the guy who found it. Cool. I thought that was really cool because it's like it links back throughout all the entire stories. So he's the, he's basically the guy who made the uh, the Pit Boys. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he, you know he he's a, he's a billionaire. He's rich and he's really smart. So he foresaw like what was going to happen to the world. You know, so he like I said earlier, he predicted that the war was going to happen and he protected New Vegas. Um, How did he transfer his mind into a computer? Well, the thing is like. His body's still there, and it's really, really old, but it has to be, like, kept in this, like, sanitation chamber and stuff, and where he just doesn't move or anything, and I guess he's hooked up neurally. <laughs> like, he's... Like, his brain impulses are... Yeah, are, basically. Or transferred into a computer. Yeah, you can kill him if you, like... You have to act, You have to get him out of his chamber, I guess, where he's safe and stuff. But it, it's been 200 years, right? Yeah. yeah How does his body not it's... die? Because, like... I think at one point, like, the ends of your uh, chromosomes start wearing away and, like, whenever... Maybe it's because he's using, like, such little energy. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's true, but your cells still die, so they need to still reproduce. And every time they reproduce, they get – it's harder and harder. So, like – I don't know, man. Um, but... It would make more sense if he, like, froze himself sort of, like, half froze himself so that he only has access to, like, his brain and no other parts of his body. Well, he can communicate through – he communicates through, through a computer and stuff, and he can control any robot and stuff. But he's, like – he's a person, but his head's, like, hooked up to me. I don't know. But – he was put into a coma after that happened in New Vegas, and then he woke up 60 years, 61 years later, and then he he kind of planned for 100 years and stuff, and then he like, you know, he started the rebuilding of New Vegas, and one of his main points is that New Vegas is independent. So the NCR wants to annex New Vegas and stuff, but they, but because New Vegas was so powerful because of how Robert House made it, they're like, okay, we have an agreement. You protect the um you protect new vegas and we won't take you over or wait okay robert house was like if you provide protection to new vegas then new vegas and, and, won't take you over no no we and you won't take us over then we will like we'll secure that you'll have like a bunch of resources and stuff and you won't have to pay taxes cool uh yeah so they kind of have a partnership but you know after the battle of hoover dam that may change who knows the um da, da, da. And he, he's actually the one who commissioned you, the courier, to get the Platinum Chip because the Platinum Chip actually contains – it contains software that will harness his robots and his technology, which will mean it will, like, make it super advanced, you know? That's the reason why he wasn't able to get all the nuclear warheads that were falling down in New Vegas was because he didn't have the technology at the time because he was supposed to get the Platinum Chip, like, the afternoon before the war happened, but it got lost for 200 years, and then he finally found it again. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah. And Benny, by the way, Benny was supposed to be his protege, protege, um, but Benny betrayed him. That's why, you know, he wanted you, <laughs> or he wanted he wanted to kill you. Yeah. And yeah. So for your choice, you can either because what he 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 kind of has a plan to save the, basically he he has a plan to save the world, and you could help him, or you can. Here's a really cool part. You can do what Yes Man says. Because he's a robot who's trying to help you. You could kill um, Mr. House and you could take over New Vegas for yourself. Mm -hmm. Which means you will like you will literally be the leader of New Vegas if you wanted to. Um, okay, now we reach the big two. Caesar's Legion and New California Republic. Um, you, the courier also has the, uh, the option to side with them. And the NCR is made up of five different states. And we're going to be talking about the NCR. Okay, so here's where I want you to listen specifically, kid, because this is going to be very important for our discussion soon. So very similar to pre-war America, the NCR elects a president. They started as a tiny town, but eventually grew and made a democracy with other big places and stuff. And, um, yeah, and then they're, they're really big at the time of Fallout New Vegas. But the thing is, they're native to, like, California, and... Recently, they did enter New Vegas, the Mojave Desert, but because of their president, who is the new president, um, Aaron Kimball, he has an imperialist mindset, right? So he wants to expand as much as possible, which is kind of bad, though, because like, while that may mean more domination over things, it also means that they're spread thin. So the NCR are far away from where they're used to. Okay. Um. They did have a president before, President Tandy, who focused on more uh, humanitarian values. So instead of, like, he wanted to expand also, but he didn't want to 
he wanted to help people out more. He wanted to give people more uh, freedom. And the thing I think that's funny about the NCR is that the president has five terms, but the president the president could have unlimited or he has five year terms, but he could have unlimited terms, meaning that you feel like them over and over and over again. And that's what happened. He was the first president of New Vegas, but he was also like he he ruled until he died. So I mean, is he really a president? He was elected, sure, but I mean the consensus after a while was just like, hey, elected dude. So he died. President Aaron Kimball was elected president, and you know, he made a treaty with Mr. House. And the NCR, as far as I can tell, have the most powerful force in all of post uh, war America. They have over seven, they have, they have over a population of 700,000, which I know doesn't seem like much, but it is. It's a lot comparatively when it's the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but, you know, their biggest flaw is that they are spread thin in, in, in the Mojave. Um, Caesar's, Caesar's region, however, is situation, situation, situated, why can't I speak, close to New Vegas, specifically Colorado River. Um, so, this man, Edward Salo, left the followers of the apocalypse, and he went on to form the Kaiser's Legion. So basically what happened was him and his friend, they found Roman literature, I guess, and they're like, whoa, wouldn't it be cool if we based like our organization off of this? So they were captured by a tribe, and the tribe admired Salo so much that they're like, hey, why don't you become our leader? So then he went on to teach Roman principles and stuff, and he went on to conquer 86 tribes, and that made him a massive person. <laughs> he became so big and wide. <laughs> yes. So he inflated and enveloped the land. So he pushed the Desert Rangers out, who were like the protectors of New Vegas at the time, which caused the Desert Rangers and NCR to join. Um, and then he's been expanding in the Mojave. He's an imperialist, much like the NCR is. Uh, he tried to attack the Hoover Dam, but was ambushed, and he was pushed back. And because of that, he his best friend, he killed his best friend. He he covered his best friend in tar, and he threw him off uh, the Hoover Dam Why? to show an example to the rest of his group. Oh. And he killed one-tenth of his own military, oh. just as a punishment for losing that battle. Damn. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so since then, since the four years that that happened, he's been ready. He's been trying to take New Vegas. So as you can see, they're both in very different states, but have very similar missions and core values. The NCR is democratic, even though uh, President Tandy was president for several decades until his death. The Legion is total to totalitarian. Although it seems like they're pretty, you know, the situation is pretty black and white. Um, it's not. For instance, uh, the NCR will restore the good democratic values back to the wasteland, and the Legion will cause death and destruction everywhere they go, resulting in everyone living under a dictatorship. But as we will get into soon, both sides are evil or good, depending on how you look at them. Um, they're both looking to the, the store, the wasteland. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about your ideologies. I would, I would go on a break, but don't have much time. Okay, so much like pre-war America, the NCR bases its ideology around the United States. They have a president, they have a representative democracy, they have five-year-long terms, and they have their own senate. They That's have, a little bit different because we have only four-year terms. Yeah, but I mean the the things are the same. Uh, they even have their own currency. They are one of the biggest forces in the wastelands, with over a population of seven hundred thousand. Um, they bring, I'd say, they bring back a semblance of pre-war America. Um, uh, because like America, they need to be the dominating force. So the government is slow because democracy is slow. 
paperwork, laws, regulations, and even personal freedom kind of slow things down. Like, like, because it takes time to process all that, which can be considered a hazard in a wasteland where everything is dangerous. They're supposed to be a democracy, right? But it kind of makes you wonder, considering what they've done to big on. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's a very similar situation to you know other countries. <laughs> uh, furthermore, because of President Kimball, the NCR is constantly trying to expand so they can claim as much land as possible. This is why they're in New Vegas. But they are weak in the Mojave, though. They have little support or resources because they're so far from home. And if this continues, then a force like Kaiser's Legion can defeat them and grow. The NCR isn't all good, though. They force far form farmers, tribes, merchants, and towns to assimilate into them, much like the U.S. They offer protection, which is useful to the wasteland, but their imperial values are the same as the Legion. Since they dominate all work they see, there is little opportunity to grow. Unlike the Legion, all genders, races, sexuality, and religions are protected under law, but there are still discrimination that happens. Um, regardless of that, the NCR will continue to expand as long as President Kimball remains, pre <laughs> remains president, since, you know, the president basically decides what direction they go in, which is a major thing. It's more like, you know, it, it, they have more control than our president does. Hmm. Um, and if they decide to keep going in that direction, they could collapse because they expanded so much. Kind of like what happened to the Romans, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the Legion, on the other hand, they are exactly the same way with their... Didn't it actually happen to Alexander the Great as well? And Genghis Khan? Like, they both they both conquered huge areas, but, like, just they, weren't... They couldn't back it up. Yeah, like, they, they couldn't support them because the areas were so big and there was so little communication that they, it kind of just broke up naturally. Yeah. So the Legion are exactly the same way with their imperialistic nature. So, a key difference is that they dominate with force rather than democracy. Kaiser's entire military consists of tribes and slaves. They're conditioned since birth to plead their own dying servitude to the state. You can think this is bad, but the benefits are evident by how quickly the Legion expanded. In three decades, Edward Salo, Edward Salo or Kaiser managed to bring authority and peace to the wasteland. Which, I'm, like, yeah, they're evil, but they brought peace to the wasteland. Yeah, that sounds like communism. Um, well, they don't, this has less free will. So his, it's, it's more like a dictatorship. His harsh and cruel methods allowed him to grow quickly, whereas it took the hundred, where it's over 100 years for the NCR to get to that point. So still, but still, their core identity remains in like the basis of Roman culture, you know? Yeah. So at the, at the head of this legion is Kaiser. This leadership is the biggest factor, or his leadership is the biggest factor in their legion's success. It comes at a major cost, though. Um, throughout the Mojave, many people believe that Kaiser is the only thing holding the Legion together. So their society is extremely strong and well-minded, but only because of him. He has, a, he has a successor to take his place, but everyone of his soldiers, even his successor, successor are, I can't say the right, are loyal to him. Meaning that if he dies, who's to say that the Legion will just fall apart? You know, like if, dissolve, you, yeah. if you cut off the head of the snake snake will die but for the um for the ncr if you cut off the head of the snake it's more like two more heads will, yeah, yeah two more heads will appear because they're they're not centralized as much as he is um so it doesn't help that kaiser actually is a brain tumor that will kill him if he doesn't get help mm -hmm. so he it's not like he's going to die from old age he may die from the brain still kaiser's legion is very efficient they believe that anyone who provides a service or who does not provide a service to the state are worthless his men have no free will and Kaiser hates democracy and thinks it is a weak system because of the corruption, greed, and laziness that naturally come with it. Since uh, Kaiser is a central force, he makes all the decisions, which means that I, I know democracy is 
the best, you know, but in a situation like the wasteland where everything needs to be controlled, like a very efficient wasteland is a very it's it's a lot more dangerous. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to get hurt there than it is in current day situation. Yeah, so that would that would mean that like that I mean, although it sucks, that could be the best situation for the wasteland because I mean everyone has no free will, which is horrible. But also, but who's everyone's... to say that it can't just normally evolve into a democracy whenever they're not. I mean, if Kaiser dies, thing. it could. But the thing is, like, because of how, because, because, like, people can't. I guess people can't have free will in this kind of situation where it's more as life and death. You know, it's more as stability right. and staying alive. You can't choose to go on like a go eat your like cereal and then go on like a jog or something. Yeah. You know, it's more like I need to go hunt <laughs> or my family will starve. Yeah. So, um, he's he's a very harsh leader. Like as I said before, with the killing his best friend thing, he will murder other tribes to send a message. He will murder his own men to enforce control over them. These two different ideologies are bound to clash: democracy versus autocracy. Um, the two-headed. <laughs> so the flag of the ENCR is the two-headed bear. The flag of the Legion is the bull. So the bear and the bull, which is also stock terms. I just realized that. Um. They both fight for resources, land, and control. They are both trying to bring stability and law to the wasteland, just through different So depending on what side you choose to fight for, the outcome will have major consequences for the Mojave and the wasteland. So if you decide to help Mr. House, then you know, he will continue to allow he will continue to allow New Vegas to prosper. <laughs> and if you help New uh, Yes Man, he will you will become the leader of New Vegas. I think the best choice is for to help Mr. House. Um, just that's my own personal view. If you help Kaiser's Legion, they will beat back the they will beat back the NCR, and the and they will grow stronger. And the NCR will be severely weakened. If you defeat the Legion, they will basically be destroyed. Especially if you kill Kaiser, and the NCR will continue to grow their ever expanding empire with no one to fight back. Which I know it's a democracy, but democracies could still be bad if they take over everything. Or on the fourth DLC, you do have the ability to um, bomb both of them, like sending missiles to both of them or either of them. Um, but yeah, obviously, Obsidian put a lot of effort into this, and it is sad to see that their work didn't have more time to prosper because they had so much con- cut content. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Because that game didn't have that long to, uh, they didn't have a, a long development period either. And yeah. They a lot of content was cut because of that as well. Yeah. Okay. So we we have to end. I wish I, we could have more time, but today we explored the gameplay, development, lore, factions, politics, and ideology of Fallout New Vegas. Thank you for listening on this episode of Two People to Broadcast. You are listening to ninety-one point nine KXRJ, the voice of Arkansas Tech. Thank you guys for listening, and see ya. We're going to be playing a little bit of music and then ending it off at 7. Wait, hold on, hold on. Um, so I just want to say next week we'll probably have a chiller episode because this is a lot of stuff that we talked about. A in- lot of a lot of brain chewing gum. Yeah. So tell us what your favorite episode is on Instagram uh, and a podcast, and you can stream this episode at any other streaming service or any other streaming episode on every other streaming service. Anyway, bye. Bye-bye.